joining me today. I'm Brian Fletcher, a Cybersecurity Practices Advisor at ISACA. And joining me today is a very special guest, the CTO and co-founder for Hillstone Network, Tim Liu. He's going to be discussing today his recent ISACA journal article, Taking Security to the Next Level. Tim, it's great to have you on with us today. And how's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, good morning. So before we dive into your article, I'd like for you to introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your background, where you come from, your education, and what do you do now? Originally, I come from China. So I come here for grad study about uh, 30 years ago. Actually, my background, you know, my undergrad and grad school were all in physics. Uh, it's not, not any com computer related. Back in 1993, the uh, job market was not very good. Uh, if you remember, there was this, uh, you know, superconducting super collider project that was to be building data around data and that got scrapped. And so were a lot of the jobs at postdoc jobs. The subject I was studying in, uh, in physics is actually a, a cross discipline between physics and uh, math, uh, chaos theory. Uh, so I, you know, got a lot of computer time, you know, and uh, after graduation, I got a computer job and later on moved into security. So that's basically how I got into this job. In terms of security, I first worked in a company called the NetScreen Securities and then later on in Juniper. And after that, uh, you know, uh, me and a couple of uh, you know, colleagues actually went ahead and found the Hillsong Networks. So Tim, that's great. Uh, your comment there about the math reminded me of my calculus teacher back in, in the day telling me, you have to know math and know computers. So, <laughs> and anyway. it's very interesting. You know, a lot of the uh, some of the things I learned in my PhD, uh, you know, neural networks were developed around that time. I never thought I, I could ever use that uh, in my you know computer job. And uh, nowadays, you, you have AI in security, and you know, it's starting to pick, pick up. So, actually, comes in a full circle, uh, so to speak. That's great. So, I was just curious, what inspired you, Tim, to write this particular article? Because of the all these uh, different kind of security attacks that's been uh, going on, the security administrators actually have lots on their hand. They have been buying uh, different kind of security products to deal with this kind of uh, new attacks. Uh, so nowadays, uh, you, you you probably have a lot of different uh, security products from different uh, vendor uh, in a in an environment. And all these uh, products actually spitting out events, right? Uh, that de that detect, and uh, it's very common for administrators to see, you know, tens of thousands of events uh, per day. And you know, how how do you make use of them? Let's say, you know, a particular server probably have, you know, uh, events A, B, C, and another server have like uh, events uh, A and D. So it's hard to to see what's important uh, from this sea of data. This uh, cyber kill chain is kind of like a framework that helps you understand what's going on and put all these events onto, onto a sort of a map, a stage map. And you know, the MITRE attack is another framework that helps you to you know, understand uh, this kind of events. So cyber kill chain has been with us for a long time. Uh, MITRE is a, a new, something new. Looks like all the vendors are starting to pick up on the MITRE attack, and I think it's a good time for the security administrators to also start to understand this framework and know how these frameworks can help them. That's very interesting, Tim. So myself being a red team teamer, 
I'm very familiar with uh, both MITRE ATT&CK and the Cyber Kill Chain. But for our audience, can you give us a brief overview of the Cyber Kill Chain and MITRE ATT&CK? Uh, Cyber Kill Chain basically, uh, I think it's first developed by uh, Lockheed Martin. Uh, it's basically sort of described the different stages of attack from the initial uh, recon stage, basically where the hacker is sort of scanning your environment, uh, to weaponization. They find the vulnerability and the package uh, malware to deliver to your system. When it gets into your system, it uh, establishes CNC to its command control center and eventually exfiltrate your data or do some other damages. That sort of describe different stages of uh, attack. The MITRE attack frame is uh, a little bit more com you know, complex and uh, more sophisticated. You know, the ATTCK, so the first AT is uh, adversary tactics, uh, second T is the technique and uh, common knowledge. So basically, it tells tells you what adversary is, uh, what his tactics tactics are, what techniques he's using, and uh, sort of common knowledge as threat intelligence. So it, it, there are two other frameworks that help you understand, you know, what stages the hacker is in when you see events. You know, what does that tell you in terms of, uh, you know, what stages the uh, hacker is in, you know, what techniques he's using, and what tactics is uh, he's trying to achieve. So regarding the cyber kill chain, why is it so instrumental to cybersecurity teams when walking through the various stages of an attack? With the example I just mentioned, say you have two servers, uh, that you see you know, a certain events happening on the server. But whether that server is under different kind of, what, what is the severity of that attack on that server? So it's, uh, it's kind of hard to decide if you don't know uh, what the stages the, the attacks is in. For example, if you only see events in the recon stage, that meaning the hacker is only scanning you, as we know, you know, all the machines on the internet get, get scanned, right? Uh, probably in a, in a matter of minutes. It may not be that serious an issue, but if you also see events later on in the cyber culture, for example, if you see a malware get delivered and then you see uh, some CNC uh, channel being established from your server. If you see more events from the later stages, it can indicate a more serious problem for you. That is uh, one of the ways that uh, the cyber kill chain or the MITRE can help you, is to give you indication of uh, a sort of stages or, or different parts of that uh, attack. Very interesting, Tim. So like with any framework, we're always looking for tools to use. What would be some of the products or tools that would support the cyber kill chain model? It's the monitoring uh, products, you know, things like, you know, SIEM, things like SOC, or uh, later on the XDR platforms. Uh, these platforms actually collects events from different uh, sources and, you know, different, uh, you know, uh, security products uh, like, uh, you know, IPSs or antivirus or from host, uh, uh, some host events, and it organizes all these uh, events and may give you a better picture of what is going on for that particular asset. Uh, and later on, I would say, you know, some of the standalone security product like firewalls also began to incorporate this uh, capability because, you know, as we know that uh, today's firewall is actually a collection of different engines, right? So it has IPS, it has, you know, uh, botnet detection, different kind of en detection engine inside. 
it can also take advantage of these frameworks to be able to show you what is going on. Very interesting. So as you pointed out in your article, the cyber kill chain focuses on network attack behaviors, not host attack behaviors. So how could this be problematic? The cyber kill chain is developed years ago. It's where you know where your perimeters and perimeter defense was the the key. And nowadays, you know, uh, as we know, the uh, perimeter is disappearing. You know, you have mobile, you have cloud. This model where a attacker coming, scan you from outside and coming through a perimeter become, I would say, obsolete. You know, uh, doesn't cover all the picture. You know, that's one of the ways that the attacker coming, but it's not all the way. So that's why we need a, a different framework that's able to not only describe the old behavior, old ways of attack, but also all the new ways of attack. The other thing is, you know, the cyber kill chain is uh, divide uh, attack into stages and they are in sequence. And uh, in reality, you know, when a hacker is coming, he may be doing a bunch of different things that you know, may, may or may not be in order. So the the ways that the MITRE attack can help you uh, is, uh, you know, be able to describe those behaviors. Also, I think the other advantage with the uh, attack uh, framework is that it's uh, uh, you are able to uh, expand it. You know, if you, there's new tactics, new techniques that's being di discovered, uh, you are able to incorporate into it. Not like the cyber chain where you know you have a more or less static uh, stages of uh, uh, you know of attack. So, Tim. While we're discussing MITRE ATT&CK, what are some of the biggest challenges you saw in implementation of the MITRE ATT&CK platform? I think for the security team, uh, the MITRE is definitely the more complex uh, framework compared to CyberQLChain. CyberQLChain, uh, probably uh, most of people in the security industry are familiar, fairly familiar with it, at least be able to tell uh, in a certain stages uh, of, uh, of that uh, you know, chain. Uh, MITRE framework is a kind of new. So how do you actually make use of it? You know, in cyberkitchen, let's say you detect a certain event in a certain stage. Let's say the uh, malware delivery stage. You can go out and buy some security product just to defend that stage. For example, you go out and buy an IPS or you go out and buy an AV solution that's able to de uh, defend that. Uh, for MITRE, because there's more techniques and there are more, you know, tactics. It's both a good thing and a challenge. So the good thing is you know, you know more about the attack. You get more information, something that you uh, you probably didn't know about. And the challenge is you know how to handle that. You have to have the expertise to be able to handle it. Uh, have the product that's able to handle it. And uh, you know sometimes uh, if some attack is new, some tactics is new, you may not have a, a, a existing product. That, that's be able to handle it. Then, then you have to devise some ways, other ways to uh, to mitigate the risk, and that can sometimes be a challenge. Well, definitely, I know one of our biggest challenges with MITRE was setting up our our playbooks and in use cases. Uh, exactly. That being said, Tim, how can automation help, especially with MITRE attack? Uh, automation is also a big word in the today's um, you know uh, security operations. I think uh, with or without the you know the MITRE attack, enterprise should use automation. Uh, so that's the uh, definitely you know because all these different uh, events coming in, you you have uh, you know a sea of events, uh, tens of thousands 
minutes, as uh, per day. So without automation, you cannot handle, uh, you know, handle all this kind of uh, all this amount of data. So the automated uh, automation basically helps you to handle some of the low severity events and let you have the uh, bandwidth to to concentrate on on the more severe ones. With the MITRE attack, um, as you said, there's a playbook uh, to deal with uh, some known tactics and known techniques. And you can use the automation to implement those playbooks and techniques uh, and, and ways of defense to, uh, to automatically defend against certain, uh, certain known scenarios. But as you pointed out a minute ago, it's always that unknown that sneaks up on you. Yes. <laughs> so that that being said, I, I, I don't agree with the premise of this next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So is there any way to be overprotected or oversecured in today's in, uh, cybersecurity environment? I don't know about overprotected or oversecured. I think that's a, a hard word to explain. So what I would uh, like to say is uh, there's basically two things that uh, you need to concentrate on. Uh, first, first is you have to know the things that you, you try to protect you know uh, what is your uh, important assets uh, this could be you know your customer database it could be your, your transaction server your web server whatever and uh, you know spend money on defending uh, spend more money on to defend these assets uh, compared to others i think the other part is to also understand the vulnerability on these uh, on these assets, you know what kind of attacks can be done on, on these assets. I think this is what the MITRE can help you is uh, to uh, from these security instance from these uh, matrixes, it can in point you to what kind of attacks can be done on your assets, and you you also want to spend money on those uh, to defend those kind of uh, you know uh, ways of attack techniques, and. Um, I think uh, it's not that it's overprotected or oversecure, but rather than whether you are spending your money wisely and uh, more, most efficiently. No, I 100% agree. It's always cost-benefit analysis and, and how can you reduce your organization's risk. So talking about an organization, what kind of advice would you give to an organization if they were looking to implement either the cyber kill chain or MITRE attack uh, architecture into their systems? Usually, I would say you know there's two areas. I think one is the products. Uh, the other is for your security response, where where you can use this kind of uh, you know framework. Uh, in terms of product, I think you need to get familiar with the framework uh, and uh, you know talk to vendors, uh, look at their product to see you know how it can uh, implement you know how it can detect attacks and uh, implement this. Uh, uh, framework in their product. Uh, how does it help you within the framework? And also on the operation side, basically devise your response according to you know th these frameworks. You know what do you do? You know when you see this kind of attack, or what do you do when you see uh, attacking a certain stage? So I think there's two parts. One is in terms of your product selection, product evaluation, and the other part is in your response systems. So, Tim, while we're talking about MITRE attack, and like I said, I, I found it a very useful but also complex infrastructure. What would be the first step you think an organization needs to take if they're looking to implement MITRE attack? I think for the MITRE, uh, definitely there's a learning curve. 
I think uh, you need to uh, first is brush up with the you know these concepts, uh, what's inside uh, the MITRE framework, and what how it can help you. The second part is to look at uh, different solutions that you know, product and solutions to see uh, what kind of functionality available today. You know how it can help you uh, in your uh, implementation. You know, because in, in some ways the vendors are probably a little bit more ahead of these uh, you know customers because they they implement uh, these features in their products. I probably understand these uh, you know frames, uh, frameworks a little bit earlier. May not be better, but earlier. Uh, so uh, have more discussion with vendors, um, with industry expert to get brushed up with the concept. You know, it's okay to implement you know uh, cybercrime first. And uh, since the the vendors are started moving from subcultural to the the miter, and you can move with them. Uh, a lot of the uh, you know products actually support both. Right. Yeah. Specifically with both products, I use Cyber Kill Chain a lot in my post analysis when I was going through my executive presentation to kind of walk them through how an attack happened. Yeah. That seemed to be at the level of complexity that they. Could easily understand. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but when you got into MITRE, yeah, you got the total deer in the headlights look. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, if you're explaining to the C-suite, <laughs> uh, maybe they don't yeah. really, uh, do not really understand what MITRE is. I, I, they can right. understand yeah. the culture. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of them understand the name. I mean, the name carries a lot of weight with it. If, if you've worked on the cybersecurity industry at all, I mean, MITRE you know, has a great background and a great pedigree, but I mean, again, the cyber kill chain, because it's like you said, of course, a linear system, it's just a lot easier for people to understand. But also, if you pointed out, cyber attacks are not linear. <laughs> so so that, that is one of the major weaknesses in the in the kill chain is it, it's, it's, it is linear and, and you know, odds are an attacker is going to come sideways at you. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for the for the C suite, I think the cyber question is probably good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, and but for the security team, you know, because of the complexity of uh, you know attacks they are dealing with today, I think they need to uh, you know at least know a little bit about you know different kind of uh, things outside of the cyber question, which is you know inside the miter. Right. Could you give us a little bit more detail about your PhD in physics and how you studied complex systems, including chaos theory and neutron networks, and finally, how this influenced all this application into artificial intelligence, which is, you know, a big subject of a lot of things nowadays. Uh, I think the AI is a whole new topic. <laughs> it's probably taken another interview to actually talk about. Uh, so a little bit about the uh, things I did in, uh, in the physics PhD. So I was studying, you know, how a physical system, you know, behaves. Uh, you know, sometimes these uh, physical systems cannot be solved in a, a traditional way, and you have to uh, do like simulation things like that. And that's how I get into the chaos theory and have a, my first brush up with the neural networks. An interesting thing I, I should say right now is at that point, uh, the neural networks was uh, looked down upon uh, by uh, physicists because, uh, as you know, that uh, the neural networks can predict things. Uh, very accurately, but in many cases you cannot explain it. 
there used to be a very good um, you know uh, system that can predict the sunspot very accurately. But that system uh, is a neural network based system. It doesn't tell you why, you know, why you see, you know, fewer sunspots this year versus the other year. Uh, so that's the problem with the neural networks uh, because, you know, physicists uh, want to know why, why things happen, not only after the, in fact. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the, my classmates actually went to, uh, you know, Wall Street where they uh, actually, you know, uh, doing algorithms for stocks of trading stocks and where the result is all that matters you know they don't really care about why this is actually what's happening today in the security as well so a lot of the vendors actually using uh, ais in uh, in their uh, system and uh, it's all uh, i mean it, right now it's uh, you know picking up i think it's very important and it's going it's very promising but there are uh, similar things that need to be addressed which which is when when you see a specific attack that's being detected by AI, sometimes it cannot explain why. So whether it's a, why the AI engine think this is an attack. The related question is when you compare two AI engines, how do you tell one AI engine is better than the other? So that's also one of the challenges. So each AI engine has IQ, so how do you know one of them has higher IQ? So I think in, in terms of the AI, we are still on a sort of a uh, you know, learning slope. We're we're developing the technology, but we are learning along the way. You know, we're learning to live with it, but uh, you know, we also wish that we can understand it a little bit better. I think that's the stage where we are right, right now. Very interesting, Tim. I know, like I said, my my limited experience with AI is I always kind of equated it to the the cop on the beat, where it it had a very good capability of telling me what was not normal on my network you know yeah you know, it's yeah. like you should go investigate this i know i could talk to you all day about attack vectors and 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 minor and, and how complex it is but unfortunately we're at the end of our conversation so any of our listeners interested you can click on the link below and review tim's article taking security to the next level i want to thank you again for your time and do you have any closing thoughts or final points you wish to make, Tim? I would like to take this chance to thank you guys for inviting me. And uh, it's a very interesting topic. I really enjoyed it. I did too, Tim. Thank you very much for taking the time with us today. So I'm Brian Fletcher from Isaka, signing off. And I look forward to our next discussion. And please go and read Tim's article. It's a very interesting perspective on this very important issue.